Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox-Starks. Hey guys, how are you doing? Are you getting a lot of signs from the universe lately? Oh, I've gotten some weird ones. My son, every day, about four or five times a day, sees the number 13. And I mean on the back of license plates, on people's shirts, not just on his watch or on the TV, just, I mean, randomly, 13, 13, 13, everywhere. 13 means that divine ascended masters are with you, especially the goddesses, whether it's goddess Lakshmi or Kuan Yin or Mary Magdalene, those beautiful beings of light are with you, but the feminine divine is with you. Also, if you look at tarot cards, it means death, transformation. Big, big, big changes are coming. And it's death to your old self, rebirthing a new self. So it's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. I went to the store today, which is kind of downtown. So it's kind of a long drive, like 30 minute drive. And when I was leaving the house, I saw a black and white dog. And then on the way to the store, I saw three Huskies in a row in three different parts of town, which are also black and white dogs. And then when I got to the store itself, I saw two solid black dogs the whole time. I mean, how weird that I did not see a red dog or a brown dog or a yellow dog, only black and white dogs. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I mean, literally, that's like, what, three, four, five, six dogs. And they're all black and white. I don't know what that means. I, uh, I don't know if you guys have any ideas what that, what that means. In, in, in huskies specifically, because they look like wolves. And I've been getting a lot of wolf-related stuff the past couple days. So I don't know. I mean, does, how does that uh, relate to you guys? Does it relate to you at all? Is there another animal that comes to you quite a bit? Because um, those are the signs from the universe. You've got to pay attention. Again, the sky was purple and pink. Very, very beautiful pastel colors again. Earlier in the day, very pale blue. Three different shades of blue. And they all looked like separated instead of blending in together. It was very weird, but very lovely. So something happened in the past couple days in Kilauea, at the Kilauea volcano, as you recall, last year, Kilauea <laughs> just erupted and erupted and erupted and erupted for almost five months, repeatedly erupted, created 
it, it, it took a very wealthy area of Hawaii and completely destroyed and obliterated it and created a huge, huge, huge new section of island, which will be inhabitable in, well, quite a few years. But pretty crazy stuff, right? I mean, it's going to take a while. But, you know, why grew? <laughs> like all of us, we're all growing. <laughs> and, and one thing they thought was weird about the Kilauea is when it, um, when it erupted like big time, it started spewing rocks out that it created. And those rocks were my birthstone. I was like, oh man, Peridos, that's, I'm born in August, that's my rock. It's in, um, Queen Cleopatra used to wear Peridos. She called them the Emeralds of the Night. They're a very pale yellow green. And they're very beautiful, especially when they catch the light in candlelight specifically. So, yeah, I know. I just thought that was weird. It was almost like, and they call them Pele's Tears. Peridos are called Pele's Tears. Goddess Pele. Uh, yet again, another goddess-related thing today. So, and, and by the way, black dogs are related to go- goddess Hecate. And um, Hecate is, uh, she is the witch of all witches. She is the goddess that rules over all the witches. She protects everybody who is magical. Whether you're female or male, that doesn't matter. And if you see black dogs, usually it means that you are very much loved and protected, and she is watching out for you, which is pretty cool stuff. But in Kilauea today, this news is crazy. Okay, so this man decided to go on a tour of the volcanoes in Hawaii and he went with a huge group of people and he had his camera in his hand and he thought well it wasn't good enough to be on this side of the fence it's not good enough to be on the safe side of the fence oh gee the fence can't mean anything so he hopped over the fence to get a better a better picture of the impact crater from when the volcano went off. It's like very deep in to the ground. And I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but if you throw something into a volcano, it will, um, the, the surface can crack and it can erupt or at least burp out some lava but he could also kind of start some activity up again, a little bit anyway. So this guy thought he was going to take a picture. (sighs) He went over the side of the fence. He walked right up to the edge of the volcano. He steadied his camera and promptly fell in. Oh my God. He fell in and they were like, oh my God. And since there was with, he was with like a group of 30 people, they're like, oh my God. So everyone started calling emergency services immediately. And after like an hour or something or 40 minutes, they finally found where he was because this thing is massive, massive. But you know what? He wasn't on the surface of the Calderon. He wasn't on top of where the lava would erupt out. Oh, no, no. He fell off the side of the cliff and landed on a jagged edge sticking out. 
70 feet from the top of the surface of the cliff, but still quite a ways away from the actual part where the lava would come out, called her on. Well, they had to use a elaborate and elaborate system of ropes and pulleys and a helicopter to rescue him. And it took one hour to rescue him with ropes. And then they had to airlift him. Well, they, they took from the helicopter, they brought him out to a field and then they had to have a medevac come and airlift him to the nearest hospital where he said, because he had sustained so many injuries from falling off the edge of a cliff, 70 feet below and hitting a ledge, lucky he didn't hit the volcano. He probably would have fallen all the way into the hot lava and died. It's not active lava on top, it's, but it's a very thin crust. I mean, okay, so this is, the reason I'm bringing this up is when you go on vacation, you don't leave your brains at home, please, please, please heed all of the fences, heed all of the warnings, because the people who put those up, they know better than you. I have a lot of friends on Facebook and a lot of friends on Instagram and a lot of friends on Twitter that did that really famous thing where they're like jumping and their legs are up in the air and they're like, yay, in front of Machu Picchu. Do you know how many people die? They fall off the cliff there and they just die. Can you imagine that's your last moment on earth? You look like a freaking moron if that's your last moment on earth. Like, yeah, you did something, you know, that you loved and you died doing something you loved. But I mean, duh, it's obvious you broke the rules. I'm not always for keeping in the confines of the law or the rules, obviously. But there's certain things you guys got to learn. Not you guys, because you guys are probably smart if you're listening to me. You know, I know that you're probably more intelligent than the average Joe, but anyone you know who's going to any major place, the Grand Canyon, people fall into that all the time. Every year people die doing that jumpy thing. Yay, look at me, woohoo. You know what? Go to the Grand Canyon and then go home and buy the green screen thing for it and do it at home. Ugh, it just makes me so scared for people because people don't realize, you know, they get drunk, they get high. Woohoo, we're on vacation. We don't have to act like ourselves. We're in a different country. Oh my God, we could do whatever. You know, what's worse going to happen? They'll deport us, whatever. Like, you know, people get kind of lackadaisical with their personal safety. And this just kind of really bothered me. This guy's going to be in the hospital for like a couple days. He's going to live. He's fine. Obviously, he didn't get burned, but he got cut up. I mean, have you ever took a pumice stone to, like, sand off your heel? (laughs) Your heels? I mean, ladies, I know what you're talking about, but I know some men that have used a pumice stone as well. And it's, like, really scratching. And, you know, luckily, this is polished pumice stone. But when you have a piece of actual volcanic rock, that can cut you up. It's obsidian. It's like glass. It's so intense. Well, that's what this guy fell on top of. Oh, God, it's so scary. 
I mean, even when, when Kilauea was going off, some boats got too close and there were like lava bombs. The, the moment they hit the water, they like bounced back up because of the, the interaction of the, um, the water and the lava and it just spews out but then it, it doesn't just go into the water gently and quietly oh no no it flies back up and besides the fact that when lava hits water i mean you got to know your chemistry guys this it, it, it turns into hydrochloric acid gas this spews up in the air you breathe that in you're dead you're gonna get lung damage if you don't die right away I mean, people were being hit by lava bombs. It was like crazy. You know, the whole Hawaii thing was just nuts there for a while. Anyway, if you just, it's just a precautionary tale. If you guys go or you know anybody who's going to go to any place like Machu Picchu or the Grand Canyon, I mean, anywhere, just be very, very careful. I mean, even with anything like with wild animals in Thailand, I saw about six months ago, there was a story about a lady who had really big hair, really, really big, like Texas style hair. You know what I'm saying? That's like giant cotton candy on your head type of huge hair that freaks animals out, especially tigers for some reason. And there was a lady who got ripped up. Her arm got ripped up when a baby tiger looked at her hair and freaked out on her when she went over to the monastery in Thailand where they take care of and they shelter the tigers. The tigers are normally calm and relaxed, but I mean, she apparently had a lot of makeup on and a lot of perfume and her hair was big, so she looked weird and she smelled weird to the tigers. You know, she might have looked good for herself, you know, for her family and friends back home, but... You got to be careful when you go into like nature preserves with wild animals. Don't wear a lot of makeup and don't wear a lot of perfume. It freaks them out. It's not what they're used to seeing. And don't make your hair all big. You don't need half a can of hairspray to visit wild animals. I mean, that was another thing. I mean, when you guys go on vacation and summer is just around the corner, like one month away. And then a lot of people have two to three months off if they're teachers, um, and students and also everyone takes their vacation in the summertime so just be careful and keep it in mind i mean there's barriers up for the re- for a reason um you know a lot of people are allergic to perfume so when you go on the plane don't wear perfume you know just but just to be around wild animals too i mean i myself i live in ecuador i'm i don't know if i'm going to go to the jungle or if I'm going to go to the beach. I mean, part of me really wants to just hit the beach, toes in the sand, live life half drunk for a couple days and then come home. Or if I should go to the jungle and go hug the monkeys and there's a special uh, butterfly preserve, I might go look at the butterflies and, you know, be with the really, the teeny tiny animals, you know, like the butterflies. Some of them are huge though. I'm hoping to see the blue ones. The blue ones are so, so magical. But I, I'm kind of like, I don't know where I want to go. I still, I'll probably do both, but once, one this month and one in June. But, you know, even that, you know, I'm like getting ready. Like I have to have shoes that, you know, I can run in in case of caiman. <laughs> but go to the jungle. When I was in the jungle last time, I saw a lot of caimans in the wild, and I don't mean at a zoo. I mean, like, literally out in the wild. I was hiking at night. We saw giant um, 
uh, tarantulas. Some were poisonous, some were not. We saw caimans in the wild. We saw um, a lot of stuff. I mean, when I was in Guatemala, I, I saw crocodiles in the wild. And um, it's exciting and scary all at once, you know? <laughs> and, you know, it's just, I don't know. I'm just like, what am I going to do? Precautionary. What do I need to do for, you know, keeping my skin from being bit by mosquitoes? And I don't, you know, there's like all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, the jungle here in Ecuador has more species than any other part of the planet. There's not a lot of bugs in the rest of Ecuador, but in the jungle, it's outrageous. So I'm kind of like, ah, what am I going to (laughs) do? Maybe I'll go to the beach instead. I don't know. I want to do both though. I want to go hug some monkeys. There's a local zoo here. I may just go there because the monkeys know how to escape and sometimes they'll come out of the cage and I could probably get them to hug me. <laughs> I hug monkeys in Peru and I just got to go get my monkey hug fix sometimes. Anyway, so today on the Ascension Symptoms Scale, it's a little bit lower. It's at 92. So you're about to, you know, you could go about your day at this time. You're going to be relaxed a little bit more at the symptoms. Tinnitus isn't so bad. Um, the need to sleep, the quickly falling asleep for one hour for no reason, even if you weren't tired thing, not happening right now. Everything is kind of, you know, everything is good. Everything is good. So it's it's a little bit more relaxed. It's nice to get a little bit of a break with this stuff, right? Sometimes it gets so overwhelming that you literally can't even go to work. Some of my friends, like I said, we're not even going to work. They're like, man, and these are my, my friends are hardworking people. Most of the people I know are actually, and it's kind of crazy, but, uh, it's nice. I felt a break. I was able to go to the store. I did the big shop. I mean, I filled the cart from the bottom of the cart to overflowing at the top of the cart and the part where the baby would normally go in. If you had a baby, I had all that filled too. It was only $210. I can't believe it. It would have been $400 in the States, the stuff I bought. But, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to go. I got to tell you guys the Schumann Residence News, and then I'm going to go. Today is Throwback Thursday. This is the last part of the three-part interview I conducted with Douglas Quinones. He has a doctorate's degree in archaeology, and he also studied anthropology, and he's in Guatemala, and he lives in Antigua, but he grew up um, not too far from Antigua, I think, kind of maybe in the jungle in Guatemala, a little bit north, possibly, or maybe in the mountains, but he grew up speaking the original Mayan language, so he knows exactly what all those glyphs mean, all those things that people were just kind of guessing at and they think that they could just go ahead and culturally misappropriate that whole system for them for themselves and write a book in the u.s and hey yeah this is what it means no 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 i'm so sorry to say douglas quinones grew up speaking the original mayan and the quechua and the spanish and the english he knows all he knows his stuff So, all right, um, Schumann Resonance News today says 
a contrasting day with a bit of calm and some medium activity. Today's peaks occurred between 6 and 12 UTC, the most significant being just after 8 UTC, and reached 33 hertz soon after, followed by one at 30 hertz. The other peaks were about 20 hertz. So it was very mild today, all around, with the, with the Schumann resonance as well as the ascension scale symptoms. So pretty cool stuff. I'm, I'm excited. Um, I had a lot more energy today, and I think because we had so many symptoms for so many days, and now I'm like, whew, big break. So it's nice to have a big break. Anyway, be safe out there, guys. I love you all. I'm going to say goodbye right now because I, I'm just going to let it play out after the interview is over. I love you guys very much. I hope that tomorrow is a lovely day for you as well. And I'm going to sign off, kind of. <laughs> Stick around for the interview, though. You want to finish up this Douglas Quinones interview. It's pretty good. So signing off with peace and love and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until next time, guys, peace. Don't forget to listen to the interview. It's in a couple minutes. All right. Bye-bye. And to the east is red, to the west is black, to the north is white, and to the south is yellow. Yeah. This this how you'll see when they do my ceremony, this is how they will put all the candles. They have to be the same color and they have to be put uh, following the cardinal points. Right now, when they do my ceremonies, they have this uh, syncretism. They will uh, give thanks to each cardinal point, each cardinal god, and Jesus. And Jesus. Yeah. And then that's the Catholic influence. That's yeah, Catholic influence. Uh, okay. in, right now in the Mayan, uh, with the Mayan archi, the Mayan priest. And these are related to the different peoples of the world. Well, could be one idea. The red people, the yellow people, the black people, and the white people. Could be, but I don't think Mayans are really into colors. People. They don't think about it, but there's colors of corn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Actually, what I was reading is that here, uh, black is the hair. Okay. Uh, red, blood is red. White is this part of the eyes. Okay. And the color of the skin is yellow. Oh, I thought teeth were yellow. I'm kidding. It could be also. <laughs> I'm teasing. I, I thought about that. I thought, oh, it has to be teeth. I know because, well, yeah. coffee grows here, so I'm just thinking yellow would be for the teeth. <laughs> I'm teasing. It could be. <laughs> I'm teasing. Yeah, definitely it's the skin. The white she is probably the teeth. She learned that right now. Yeah. Well, the green is the center. It's the first cardinal point where God touched down onto the earth to create the world. Green is also a... And also. It's life. It's Yashtun. life. Yashtun. It's jade. Yeah. It's jade. And also, yeah, the stone of the Mayan people is jade, which is green. So how do you know how important jade is? Well, I forgot to tell you something about when I was talking about Shivalba. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for, for me why you don't call them Mayan people shaman. Shaman. Yeah, because uh, shaman is the Spanish term they used to call them Mayan Aki, mm-hmm. uh, associated them with witchery. Oh, like a brujo or a yeah. bruja, the so witches. You, so you have shamanism right now in Sorola, where the lake is. The okay. Lake, but that's only there. Okay. You have uh, this guy, which is uh, the Spanish guy who's sitting with the mustache. Okay. Uh, San Simon or Mashimon. Yeah, Mashimon. I have Simon. seen this. San okay. Simon is uh, uh, the Spanish people brought him okay. to, the, to the Indians, that's how they call them. Okay. Uh, because so they can uh, adore. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, 
somebody that looks more like them. Okay. So the number was is San Simon, but then uh, with certain dialects it transformed to Mashimon. Okay. So, but that's not really properly Mayan. That could be associated right. to shamanism. Now the Mayan priests they are called Achki. Achki. Ach. 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 Kik. 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 I can't even say that. Achki. Achki. They are spiritual beings. Okay. They are not into shamanism at all. Okay. Okay. So that's different. Good to know. So this, I'll tell you because sometimes you might talk to Mayan priests and don't call them shaman unless they right. say they are shaman. Okay. And if they are shaman, they probably have a different point of view. Uh, okay, good. Okay. Uh, now, related to this 13 Martin event, this is the archaeological evidence that tells you that they did believe in this myth of the fifth son coming out of the mouth of the cosmic alligator. Right now we are in the fifth son. Yeah, this is the man who was swallowed by an alligator. Yeah, this was finding Copan. This is the cosmic alligator. This is the god of sun. Okay. King. You see these three little. Yes, king. Remember the flower I showed you? The king? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is king, and these are the three stones of life. Okay. And the so yashtun. Yashtun. So they're jade and. This is bone. Oh, it's bone. Okay, well, actually, bone. It's, actually, it's a conch shell. Okay. As well here. But okay, so it's a conch shell. This is bone. But that's a conch shell. Okay. Okay. One of the most important artifacts, also, when you find. Context to, find, to get one conch shell in any archaeological digging, it's really important because this, meant, this means they brought it from from far away, so it was really important to get home. Yeah, because we're pretty far away from the ocean, even though there's the Atlantic and the Pacific on either side of Guatemala. Yeah, even the stingray, you know, you can only get in the Atlantic Ocean, it's really difficult to get one stingray. And many Mayan uh, kings or noble right. rulers, they have a stingray here in the middle. So, so like a loincloth, they have a stingray? Yeah. Wow. So they, so they treated, tra or treated, traded with people on the coast? Yeah. You have many different uh, trading routes. Basically the coast because then you can use canoes to travel. Right. So they have very complex uh, um, uh, uh, you say trading uh, routes. Trading routes, yeah. yeah routes. Routes, routes. <laughs> so well, okay. So this is the, the archaeological evidence of this 13 back tomb that they did believe in the sun coming there. What is that? You see, this is the Milky Way. Some of you. Okay. You see that dark space over here? It's what NASA calls dark rift. So okay. the sun is passing there. That's the event the Mayan people calculated. This thing, the, the Milky Way, being on the horizon uh, near the Earth, that happens every 25,800 something years. Yeah, close to 26,000. Close to 26,000, yeah. Sure. That's the thing they really calculated. So that's the only thing you can associate to any event in the sky. Not alignments. So like we were talking about, it's only this. Okay. Now, about how important jade is, uh, it's for the Mayan people. This is the first evidence we have of the use of jade as an archaeological, as, a, as, an, as an offering. Okay. So it was found on the 10 different structures protecting it. Oh. Um, the, it was carved sometime in the year uh, 1000 to 1500 BC. Okay. This comes from La Venta in the old Neca region. Okay. So the, Me the Mexican Gulf Coast, everything starts there. In the Mexican uh, Gulf Coast. Yeah, uh, with okay. the Zapotecas and the Olmecas. There's a place yeah, the, called... Yeah, okay, the Olmecs and the, yeah, okay. Yeah. And there's a place Zapotecas. called Tula or Tulan. Okay. And in the Popol Vuh, they mentioned Tula as the city of the original city. Oh. Okay. As, a, as a funny fact, the Vikings, they also believe that the, the original place is called Tula. <laughs> oh, interesting. It's very similar. 
So and there's no relation genetically to the people; they just happen to have the same word. Well, the Vikings and the no genetically no, but they do have certain relationships of words. Like, you know shark? Yes. There's a study that says that shark comes from the Mayan word shock. This is how they call sharks. So there was this British uh, a pirate who came to near Belize, and he said, "Hey, look at this! This the shocks people said." So then he tried. He moved. That he uh, he said it was sounded like shark. Okay. So well, I'm not sure if that's if it's true or not. <laughs> but it's, there's a study, a linguistic study about that. Very so, interesting. So well, since this was carved sometime between the year 1000 to 1500 BC, and the first Mayan settlements began to appear between the year 1200 to 1500 BC as proper cities. Okay. Here, before you have nom- little nomads and little cities, but no, not the big buildings. This means they were really into this stone for some reason. They had to de- develop a technique for this, and you have to take into account that just to carve one millimeter inside the stone, using Mayan techniques, you have to work for 60 hours. So, it's so to carve one millimeter into the jade, it takes 60 hours. Yeah, more or less 60 hours. Ooh. So it was really important. They have That's different huge. rocks. They had uh, obsidian, they had silex, they have this, which is called pumice. Oh, pumice, yeah, of course. It's really soft. But they chose to do things on this. On the jade specifically. Maybe it has, has a very important value. Right. A spiritual value. Maybe it's because it's part of the creation myth. Wow. So, that's so the jade is jade is a it has a relationship to the creation myth. Yeah. It's the stone of life. It's and green is the color of life. Yeah. What's also the color of all of our plants that feed us? This is the color of the stock yeah. of corn also. And the and stock corn of corn is life. And you see many archaeological uh, burials when they have an important guy mm-hmm. with a jade offerings one, two, three, four, right. and one in the center. And the center, you many of times you have that, the god of, god of corn, okay. the little god, or, uh, or, or some corn in the middle. Okay. Always with jade. So that's important. <laughs> that's so awesome. So, um, now you said the creation myth. There is an alligator. So are there alligators in Guatemala? Yeah. If you go to uh, Rio La Pasión, for example. Actually, How far away is that? Because we're in the mountains here in Antigua. Well, it's not really the kind high, of. high mountain. It's, <laughs> it's not too high. It's, uh, from here will be like six hours when you reach okay. Rio La Pasión. Okay. Or Sumacinta is the same river that can take you to Palenque oh, okay. or, and all to the Mexican Gulf Coast, actually. Okay, so there are there alligators. So there's alligators yeah. in that river. Yeah, you'll see, you can see alligators. Good to know. Actually, <laughs> uh, two or three months ago, one of the uh, uh, forest keepers, is that how you call it? Yeah, that's okay. Forest yeah. keeper. Yeah. Uh, forest ranger, we say. But well, forest ranger. Yeah. He, apparently, he was eating the alligator. Mm. He went swimming. The place I went swimming also. Wow. And, uh, apparently he was eaten by one. Oh wow. And the alligators will talk, so you can't no one else can swim there anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you always see a lot of alligators, well not, not as much as before, but then a lot of wow. alligators. And also alligators they have a special meaning. You see, you see this picture here. Yeah, what's well, in this picture? On the on the on the back of the alligator, you also they, they say they represent the mountains. Oh, the mountains on the alligator. Okay. Yeah. So some, I've been reading some texts that say that it could also represent Earth. The alligator. So the alligator represents Earth. It could be. Some it could be. Focus. 
That's okay. why it's a very important stella. It's a stella 25 from Isapa. Isapa was settled in 51 BC. One of the earliest settlements. Okay. Isapa. 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 Yeah, Isapa okay. is a place near here. Okay. This is a different place. So Isapa has this stella. This is very important also because you know the Popol Vuh, the oldest book in America. Popol Vuh, yeah. yeah. This was translated from Mayan glyphs to Spanish text in the 17th century. Okay. Francisco Jimenez. So this means it might have some Spanish influence on the text. It does mention right. certain things like gold and silver, mm-hmm. um, gold, for example. Mm-hmm. One gold because they had many different gods, apparently, the Mayans. So, but this is important because this stella uh, is evidence that they did believe in a very ancient myth of creation 70 centuries before. Why? Because it was carved sometime between 250 BC. Okay. Uh, so uh, you have here he goes to the skies to fight Bukup Kukwish. Kunaku. Yeah. To okay. fight Bukup Kukwish okay. of Seven Macau or Itzamye. Okay. This was a greedy bird. He went to fight Itzamne? Itzamye. Okay, so not in Itzamna is the god of wisdom, you said before. So uh, Itzamye is Itzamna. Itzamna, okay, yeah. alright. Yes. <laughs> so this one here, he went he goes to fight this bird. And it was a greedy bird that didn't let the sun or, or moon shine on earth. He didn't like that. Goes there and blows the gun at the bird. Okay. Blows a dart. Sorry. A dart. Okay. So uh, the bird comes down and he wants to take out the eyes, which are uh, green, glassy eyes. Okay. And the teeth are made out of jade. Okay. Or jade, that's the proper name of jade. Okay. So the bird comes down. He fights with him. This is his wife, by the way. Okay. So he fights with him. It's his arm. You see. Okay. And you can see it on the belly here. Okay, so the, he goes to fight the bird that's it's blocking the moon and the sun in the sky, and um, the bird's wife was watching this whole thing. No, the bird wasn't watching the bird. Actually, or he, the he wife goes, wasn't. The wife, birds of. <laughs> the, he goes back to his house, okay. and, and the bird is waiting for him, and then he died. Okay, so he died with. So the the greedy bird that wouldn't allow anything to shine on the earth went back to his wife at night and died. Yeah, and, and then this. I don't know. I don't remember this passage, but then he becomes the first priest. But the bird becomes the first priest yeah. after he died. Yeah, yeah. But I don't really remember the passage exactly. Okay, but he ate the man who fought with him. He ate his arm off. Yeah, and then and he got it back again because he's the hero twin. <laughs> because so he became that priest again. Or was this you know this guy? No, he who became was the this? priest. This bird. All right. The so the bird the became the priest. Now, who was the person that fought the bird? What was? Hunaku, the hero. Hunaku, Hunaku. He, he's the one who turns, who becomes the sun. Every day. Okay. Okay. He's the one that becomes the sun every day. Yeah. So this is this part is one passage of that book. So again, this tells you that it's a very old myth, and this is what many archaeologists are looking for: the, the earliest city. And the Minador has this thing. I was just going to ask about El Mirador because they did discover, and when did they discover? See, I read on the internet, and you can always trust the internet, right? (laughs) So that they discovered the largest pyramid on Earth four years ago, is what they said. So you tell me. Four four years ago, because I learned from that university, and I don't know, finished a long time ago. Okay, all right. But in fact, it's, it's the biggest pyramid. It is the largest. It's bigger. It, it's way bigger than the Egyptian pyramids. Yeah, way bigger. And they have not completely dug it out yet. No, is that? It, it will take some 20, 30, 40 years, maybe. Wow. Because you, maybe it will take 10 years to clear, to clear the whole mound. 
Because it's covered yeah. in plants and vines. Yeah, so that will take at least two years. Then you have to take into account that beneath that structure you have many different substructures. This one was on the tenth substructures, and it wow. wasn't that big. Wow. So that, you see that video over there? The granja wall has like four to seven substructures. Is that Tikal? Yeah. So the substructures are. Oh, that could be significant too. It might be a good n number. It's probably not random, I'm thinking. Actually, you know what I found? And the Popol Vuh says that in the Shiva, Shiva Ban, mm -hmm. they have uh, different rooms. There's the room of the knives. The knives are the, the obsidian knives. So I was doing some research in Cancun oh, when I found an offering, a deposit, deposit offering, is how I call kind of. And there were nine layers of obsidian knives. <laughs> Wow. So maybe those nine layers had something to do with the Popol Vuh. So I had it in my hand. So it was really good. Wow, that's <laughs> really excellent. <laughs> Which is called what? Eccentric. It's eccentric? Because, yeah, it's because of the shape. Uh, yeah. You don't know what it's, what it's for. These are only found in, uh, in a ceremonial context. I can't even describe it. almost looks like an alien spinal column. <laughs> eccentric is a good word for it. Oh, yeah. This is Okay. And this is Chuck. Chuck? The god of thunder is called Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most That's important gods for the Maya also. Right, of course. So, you see, you try There's actually nine little notches on the edge too, which would represent the nine gods, maybe. Oh, it's so interesting. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, in Native American, I mean, well, in the United States, a lot of Native Americans use obsidian, um, and they they form it into knives, and when they do that, um, it protects from evil spirits. So maybe in the in the base of the pyramids, maybe that's what they're doing. What do you think? Uh, actually, we are doing some research about that. Yeah, uh, I wonder if the Mayans have that. They have to have it written down somewhere. No, that's the <laughs> no. Thing. But, uh, we, we are doing some research uh, with my former boss. She works in the Sorbonne, Sorbonne in France. Okay. Oh, Sorbonne. Uh, Sorbonne, yeah. So what I was doing in Cancun was for that university. So we are doing some research about this. In fact, it has to do with my meaning of the offering they had okay. using obsidian. Okay. So that maybe you can come back tomorrow? Oh, I'll I totally come back again. Yeah. Absolutely. So Try to come please. back in the morning. Because okay, I'll come earlier for sure tomorrow. Now, please tell me your name. Douglas Quinones. <laughs> okay, Douglas Quinones. Yeah. And we are in the Maya Cosmology Museum. Yeah, from Yates. And we're also, this is also related to the Jade Museum as well, yeah. here in Antigua, Guatemala. And I do want to interview you again regarding all of the finds, are the, uh, the archaeological structures in all of Guatemala from the Mayan people. We'll have study <laughs> and, and in future episodes, I definitely want to talk to you um, about talking to the founder, the woman who discovered yeah, the Jade. Yeah, I, I can go there tomorrow, maybe. Yeah, and that would be very interesting. I'll come definitely earlier so we can get this. So thank you so much, Douglas. I'll definitely see you again. I'm sure 
we might become lifelong friends. I'll have to interview you so yeah, often. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. I like Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, okay. So come, uh, come tomorrow and we can continue talking about this. Um, because they have to go. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I know because now we're closed here in the museum. She, she will ask me for what radio show this is. Um, yeah, for sure. I'll write it down for you. This is Metaphysical Soul Speak. And you can find it at soulspeakradio.com. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.